Let us pray. Lord, draw us into this familiar psalm. Help it teach us and nurture us and set us on our way. In the name of Christ, amen. So you may be disappointed that I am not Patrick Honeycutt, the previously advertised preacher for today. Your disappointment is understandable. But as both our schedules grew complex this week and next, we decided to switch riders, though not horses. So I am preaching on Psalm 23 today, and Patrick on Psalm 133 at the early service next Sunday. At the 11 a.m. next Sunday, our choir will be joined by the choir from St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Burke for a presentation of the Chichester Psalms composed by Leonard Bernstein. The five psalms in this composition by Bernstein are the basis for all of our sermons in Lent. Psalm 23 is not a difficult psalm to preach, as you might imagine. Like the Gloria Patri, the doxology, the Lord's Prayer, and the Apostles' Creed, it constitutes a language and music of our faith, which becomes a part of who we are that is deeper than the theological meaning of its words. In a world in which even on better days things seem unpredictable and unstable, to have a house of worship to which we turn each Sunday, a home in which to sing or recite words that are familiar, comforting, challenging, and true is an invaluable experience that we call sanctuary. It is one reason that the Irish poet Philip Larkin wrote, a serious house on serious earth church is, in whose blent air all our compulsions meet, are recognized, and robed as destinies. And that much can never be obsolete, since someone will forever be surprising a hunger in himself to be more serious and gravitating with it to this ground, which he once heard was proper to grow wise in. We gravitate with our hunger to this ground, to this sanctuary, to this pew. Once again, to be fed by texts like Psalm 23, which never can be obsolete. As the words of Psalm 23 flow from our hearts and lips, especially when we recite them or sing them as we've done today, they seem easy and natural. In our naivety about the craft of writing, we may assume that they came from the psalmist's heart to his lips in one natural burst of affection. But believe me, they didn't. In doing a bit of study on this psalm this week, I learned something about the way it is written, the way it is constructed. In Hebrew, the first and last word of the psalm is Yahweh, 
the Lord. The name God wrapped around the psalm just like God is wrapped around our lives. In addition, the psalm contains only 26 words. And at the center of them is the central theme and affirmation, Thou art with me. So the psalm begins with the word, the Lord, makes its way through a dozen words to affirm thou art with me, and then walks through a dozen more words to end with the Lord. In a people whose major experience of God has been corporate and communal, as in God calling Abraham and Sarah to become a great nation, And God leading the nation of the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land. Psalm 23 is a rare but important statement of individual intimacy with God. It depicts God the shepherd and a single sheep, not a flock. God the host and a single guest, not a banquet. For the psalmist to proclaim, the Lord is my shepherd, is an affirmation of an individual's personal faith in and closeness with God. What I make of all this is the following. As easy as the psalm is for us to recite, the craftsmanship in its writing reflects significant spiritual effort over time on the part of the psalmist. Writing is hard work. It takes thought. It takes precision. It takes emotional honesty about oneself and about one's experience. It often takes blood, sweat, and tears. The writing teacher John Gardner once told his students, these characters that you think about For your novels and your short stories, so live in your head that you should charge them rent. Colleagues described one writer at Southern Illinois University as spending all morning deciding whether or not to put a comma in and all afternoon deciding whether or not to take it out. A novelist at the early service left and said, you know when you're spending time thinking about commas that the book is done and it's time to turn it in. (laughs) Most writers I know only write three or four hours a day and many of them start at 5 or 6 a.m. when the mind is freshest, when the heart is most vulnerable, when the world is not yet awake to intrude. In Psalm 23, the psalmist has taken a time in his life when he has been close to God. Perhaps an experience that only lasted a moment or so. And then he has crafted over time a poem for the ages. He has taken an experience in which he has known God most intimately and from it carefully constructed a poem that he can share with others. Because the Lord has been the psalmist's shepherd Reading his psalm, we can come to know the Lord that he knew. We can come to know the Lord as our shepherd as well. 
We can recall those moments of intimacy that we may have had with God. We can be emboldened to share them with those who are closest to us or with those who may not be so close to us. Sharing them at the right time, the right place, perhaps in writing, perhaps in speaking, perhaps in music. The Lord is our shepherd. That is something we can share with others. Now there's another aspect of the 23rd Psalm that I feel both compelled and hesitant to address today. The Psalm is one of 73 of the 150 psalms we have in the Bible that are attributed to David is either David being the author of the psalm or the psalm having been written in his memory or honor. Psalm 23, if, if you read it, if you look at it in the Bible, it is headed a psalm of David. David the shepherd boy. David, the slayer of Goliath. David, the king of Israel. David, the ancestor of Jesus Christ. But it is also David, the abuser of Bathsheba. David, the engineer of the death of her husband Uriah the commander of his elite military corps. Some of you may recall that over a decade ago, I preached a summer sermon series on David. And then the following summer, I preached a series on the people surrounding David. In addition, I led a men's retreat several years ago on David. Since the earliest days of my ministry, I have found David to be one of the two or three most complex and compelling characters in the Bible. While I neither idolize David nor dismiss him out of hand, it is hard for me to think about David in the light in which I have previously considered him in these times, in which the courage of women coming forward has given many of us, women and men alike, a deeper understanding of how painful, how humiliating, how dehumanizing it is to have a powerful person like David invade us in ways that no human being should ever invade another. What are we to do with David in light of what he did to Bathsheba? Are we to remove him from his role, his title, as the sweet psalmist of Israel? It's too late for that. He's already dead. There's no portrait hanging to that effect. Are we to remove all 73 of the psalms attributed to David from the Bible? as well as most of the books of Samuel and Kings, the ending to the book of Ruth, the genealogies to Matthew and Luke. That, too, will not work. You cannot 
unmake a Woody Allen movie? Are we simply to excise the story of David and what David did from, to Bathsheba from our memory? Ignore it, as does the book of Chronicles. That doesn't work either. The story still gets out. Like so many other books of the Bible, the Psalms are the product and the story of flawed characters, seriously flawed characters, people who are still used by God for our learning and edification. And sometimes the learning we receive comes from reading their stories, listening to their words, observing their actions, and learning what not to do. The only way I can resolve my mixed feelings about David so far is to say that the David who wrote the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, is the David who also wrote the 51st Psalm. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, David says in Psalm 51, and cleanse me from my sin. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me and make me clean. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Like Psalm 23 Psalm 51 has an introduction in the text as well. It says, a psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. We don't know necessarily when these psalms were written, but the framers of the biblical canon put them together and have attributed both Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, attributed them both to David. Perhaps David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, when he was young and innocent, filled with a childlike sense of wonder, discovering a four-leaf clover beneath a bright blue sky, and thinking, That means there's a God. Perhaps he wrote it, recalling a time he held hands with his peers and swayed and sang around a campfire on the closing evening of a youth retreat. Perhaps after Nathan confronted him over what he had done to Bathsheba, David wrote Psalm 51 having lost his youthful sense of God's presence, spending the rest of his life praying unsuccessfully for its return, something that would match our sense of outrage and justice towards David. Or on the other hand, perhaps David wrote the 23rd Psalm well after his abuse of Bathsheba, well after the death of their infant son that followed, well after the rape of David's only daughter, Dinah, by one of his sons, Amnon, and the killing of that son by David's favorite son, Absalom, 
well after the armed rebellion against David, fomented by Absalom, leading to Absalom's death at the hands of David's troops. Was Psalm 23 written on his behalf? well after the palace intrigue that swirled around David's deathbed as Bathsheba and Nathan made sure that David designated Bathsheba's son Solomon as his successor before he died. None of this we know for sure, but this I hope. I hope after the horror of what David did, after the horror of its consequences unleashed in his life, in the life of his family, and the life of his kingdom, I hope that David experienced somehow, somewhere, a moment of grace, a moment of redemption, an instance in which the dark night of the guilt in his soul was relieved by a slight but sure ray of light that led him to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with even me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table in the presence of my strongest enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, surely, despite all that I have done, despite all that has happened to people I love, all that has happened to people for whom I have respond, I am responsible because of what I have done, despite all that, surely goodness and mercy may follow me all the days of my life. I believe Psalm 23 leaves us with a promise that no matter what we have done, no matter what suffering we have caused or what suffering we have experienced, we can still cling to the promise in the middle of this psalm, Thou art with me. This is the way that I have come to be able to hear this wonderful psalm as a psalm of David in these times. Amen.